this is Fred Goldstein with Health Innovation Media, and I'm at the Florida Association of ACOs 2017 annual meeting in Orlando, Florida, and I'm joined by David Bjork, the CEO of Commonwealth Health Advisors. Welcome, David. Thank you, Fred. So I understand that you have a consulting firm that provides a lot of services around ACOs, so perhaps you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that's right. We are a uh, consulting firm based out of Boston that has pulled together some of the leading uh, folks that have been doing ACO management for the last uh, 10 years up in the Boston and Massachusetts areas. And uh, we've put them together into a consulting shop to help other provider organizations that want to take on risk do it and do it responsibly. And you've actually got a new relationship and some exciting news with the Florida Association of ACOs about that. So tell us a little about what you'll be doing with them. That's also right. So we um, were pleased to have the opportunity to partner with the Flacos organization um, and provide them with an additional service for their members, which is uh, you know to support their membership in uh, responsibly taking risk. And so uh, we're offering our services through Flacos out to the membership and the prospective membership to help uh, evaluate the financial implications of risk taking the readiness of an organization to actually operationalize against the risk that they would take and to prioritize those things that should be operationalized. So those are the things we do. Well, that's great. I know that the ACOs now, everyone's looking at it. They're sort of getting pushed to take some more downside risk. They're not all excited about that, but obviously it's a critical area and they need to understand and get the expertise. So what kinds of things should they be considering as they look to like uh, bring a group like yours in? Well, um, I think it's a great question. The downside risk obviously brings uh, a whole number of new uh, priorities of operationalizing uh, against risk to the, to the table. Our team has uh, expertise from the payer side in accepting risk like this, and I think it's ve that's very relevant. Um, there are uh, four or five things that I think uh, that provide organizations need to pay attention to as they accept uh, as they accept upside downside risk, and um, some of them are relatively obvious. Some of them are less obvious than others, but um, obviously there's the high risk patient population. Um, there is risk adjustment that uh, that is one of the nuances that people don't really think about, but uh, that allows for. Uh, both the quality coding but also the risk adjustment coding to be done. And, um, and then there's the uh, patient population that is largely homebound that most provider organizations are not equipped to take advantage of or to take care of that is and, um, and don't think about as one of the you know, first moves in, uh, in managing the population. Um, obviously you can't take any risk without having their data all snapped together. So, uh, so technology is, an, is a very important consideration also. So one of the things, we had a little discussion beforehand. Uh, we've got sort of a background that kind of crossed. We did some similar things. You were involved in disease management. So tell me a little bit about what you've done throughout your career. That's a, that could be a long, a long <laughs> answer, Fred. So um, after uh, 15 years of automating providers, uh, in, the, in the first iteration of automating providers, I stepped uh, out of the provider side over to the payer side. And as we discussed before, um, I was building some of the first technologies around care coordination, care management, what was called disease management at the time. In fact, when I joined, we hadn't even termed disease management as a, as a term yet, but um, built some of the first disease management platforms 
and um, then went on to build uh, call centers that were supporting both providers and payers in, uh, in managing patient access and patient, uh, patient management telephonically. Um, and uh, later, I was involved with uh, building businesses in the mobile health space and supporting chronic care management with uh, remote monitoring capabilities using cellular modules. So uh, it's been a long storied career. Uh, uh, last four years, we've been uh, building this, this consulting business, and this has been a, a terrific uh, kind of culmination of all the past experiences into one place where we can bring together all of that in, uh, into the benefit of providers that are taking risk. Yeah, so, and I think it's great. You know, you, you work for some companies that really were very good at chronic disease management. I think that's one of the areas that ACOs in particular and providers sometimes don't recognize what sort of resources they need to put in place to be successful at that, and they sort of check the DM box. So I think you'll be able to provide some really excellent expertise in that. Are there any things when you think about some of your DM experience or even your technology experience that uh, providers should be thinking about today? Yeah, and actually, your background is is fascinating because it, it uh, marries up with all of this, and I know you understand this well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that one of the things that um, that providers uh, are realizing as they uh, as they get their minds wrapped around how to do population health is the fact that um, data. You have to start with data that uh, that tells an accurate story, and getting um, complete clean data and understanding uh, you know data normalized around patients clinical and financial data um, is no small task and I think um, there are there are many ways of um, pulling disparate data together into one place um, uh, knowing how to do it and do it uh, and, and end up with a quality centralized database that you can count on is uh, is is pretty tricky so I think that that's one thing. Um, and then um, understanding how to evaluate and analyze that information so that you can um, prioritize who you, who you pay attention to within the population and how you pay attention to them, that's, uh, that's another trick. So, you know, there's a ton. There's a ton of things to think about. Um, but those are, those are a couple of things that, it, you know, maybe they're obvious to some, not so much to others, but that would be you know some of the expertise we draw out of our past uh, disease management experiences. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because what you talk about is impactable risk. You know, there are all kinds of risks, but because of your experience, you recognize, well, yeah, you can find all of these risks, but which ones can we really impact, and then how do we put in programs to actually do that? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think uh, you know one of the really cool things that um, that has uh, happened as a result of providers taking on risk is. Um, when the when risk is pushed to providers and population health management becomes a responsibility of the providers and not the payers where it has traditionally been um, it brings it that much closer to the patient and so patient engagement uh, should be enhanced and um, and when patient engagement is enhanced and providers are paying attention to patients in the uh, you know across the continuum um, the opportunity for savings is huge and the ability to achieve savings when done properly, is not hard, um, and so uh, you know I think that uh, I think that there's a hesitation among many provider organizations to accept upside downside risk, and the hesitation is largely um, not knowing precisely what to do, and I and I you know I hope that that's what our organization brings uh, brings to bear. 
Right. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, they go through Flacos to uh, do that? They can, uh, they can find us through Flacos. Um, they can find us directly, Commonwealth Health Advisors, and mention that they are Flacos uh, affiliated, and they will get the Flacos treatment, which is, a, which is a positive thing. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for your time, and really great to meet you, actually, and talk about the history and the disease management stuff and all the place you've been. Yeah, thank you, Fred. I appreciate your time, too. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.